learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 11, entitled Living an Optimal Life with Adrian Pearson. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winhurst United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. If you're a fan of Winhurst United, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And also, write us a review. I'll be giving shout-outs on future episodes to individuals that take the time to write us a review. You have to go to the show page on Apple Podcasts and scroll all the way to the bottom to do this. It shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. During this episode, you'll hear about the importance of discipline, the value of knowing your why, taking care of yourself first, taking the time to self-reflect, and so much more. But before we get into the interview, let me tell you more about Adrian Pearson. Adrian is the founder of Sassy Culture, which is all about women empowerment. So be sure to follow her and her brand. She's also an educator who is adamant about closing the knowledge gap and believes that teaching is a craft. You know, I love teaching. You know, I love everything, women empowerment. So I'm excited to hear from Adrian, and I hope you are as well. So without further ado, here is Living an Optimal Life with Adrian Pearson. So Adrian, we appreciate you joining us today, and we're excited to learn about you and your journey. Excellent. I'm excited to share. All right. So let's start by you telling us about your professional background and what you currently do professionally. Okay. My professional background, I have been an educator for the last 16 years now. I originally started out my professional career at Shell Oil. Had my children, sent my first one to kindergarten, became a PTO mom and fell in love with education. So I took a package from Shell very young and I've been a teacher ever since, and I absolutely enjoy what I do. And not just a teacher, but I've also been a librarian. Currently, I am an instructional English language arts coach. So I actually teach teachers now. And so that is very rewarding. And one of the things that um, really prompted me to begin my own business was my teaching career. Teaching teaches you a lot of discipline. It teaches you a lot of wickedness. It gives you a lot of opportunity to advance if that is what you so choose. And the work ethic is like no other. So I saw an opportunity from education to begin my current business. Now, this is not the first business that I've had. I've been an entrepreneur since I was a child. Okay. So over the years, I've had various businesses. I even ran very early in my teaching career, a actual tutoring company. 
for six years alongside of teaching inside the classroom. And so I wanted to expand that actual tutoring company because I have the sound belief that parents, when you teach them how to teach their own children, that really creates a, not just a divide, but it really creates a societal evening out, if you will. What happens is if I teach a mother how to teach her children, then she can teach her own children and everybody teaches their own and we have a much better society. So that has been my premise since I've been in education. I've had mentoring programs for girls since I've been in education. I've run after school programs. So I've kind of run the gamut in education. The only thing that I haven't been is the principal. And so I'm also pursuing that this year. I said, I might as well. So what's your company? My company is called Sassy Culture. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Sassy Culture. So at the time that I envisioned Sassy Culture, we had just come back from a break. We had just come back, I think it was Thanksgiving break. And we have, of course, professional development. We have team meetings every week or so at school. And I had been working on a subscription box for teachers for over a year. Mm. And it just really wasn't coming together. I wanted to give teachers those components to make their lives easier. Because one thing people do not realize about teaching is this is an extremely difficult profession. People say, oh, you get off in the summer, though. How could that be so bad? You get all those breaks. Well, first of all, any teacher that you know, live with, have known, they work through the breaks, they work day and night, they work all year round. We do not get breaks like people think. Yeah, I might be not have to go to the building in the summer, but I'm professionally developing myself all summer long. So we're continual lifetime learners. So the thing about education is this. I'm sitting in one of our staff meetings and we always do these exercises, you know, icebreakers, we're always into. <laughs> different stuff like you know just trying to bring the staff together so this particular one some of the ladies got up and they were like okay this is about your why why is it that you do what you do because teaching is not a job and i tell anybody if you're looking for a job you might, you might want to go to the walmart right because teaching is a craft it's an art and it's not for the faint of heart right because you're not only just a teacher you are a whole lot of things that maybe your degree doesn't say, but you have become an expert in. And so I'm sitting there in the staff meeting and a couple of the assistant principals get up and they give their why, right? So then it was time for all the staff to really start to think about their own why. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what my why is? My why is that eight-year-old little girl that I made those promises to. And so we had to write it down. So I'm writing down my why and they made us put it in an envelope, you know, and seal it so we could see it at the end of the year, right? And so then we had to share our why with our teammates. So I'm sitting at the table. I said, yeah, my why is me. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean by that? I said, listen, every last one of us, we begin to lose ourselves. Little girls begin to lose themselves at about the age of eight years old. And little girls of color, black little girls, lose themselves even younger than that. Mm. I was reading a study around the time that I formulated my why. 
And it really made me angry because it said that society looks at black little girls and says, you know what? You should know better at five years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm expected to make adult decisions at five years old. And so I'm thinking to myself, how in the world are we ever going to make it out here like this? We're not. We're not going to make it. We're, yes, we are survivors, but we don't know how to live and how to thrive. Not in the numbers that we need to. And so it's always been my mission to help women and girls. But really sitting there thinking that day, I said, okay, but my why is like putting the oxygen on yourself so you can then put it on others to help them, right? So I said, okay. I came home that night. I called my best friend since I, we've been best friends since we were about four, four years old. And I said, hey, listen, because we always do these things together. Our kids even tease us about it, right? So I said, hey, I have a business. I want to start a subscription box for women. And this subscription box will be much different than what you see out there because this is a women's empowerment box, okay? So we will give tools to women to help them increase their wisdom, their wealth, and their wellness every month, okay? So we know the tenets that goes into really becoming the person that you want to become or living your best life, okay? Mm. And so that why became so much bigger than just me. She got on board, my mother got on board, her mother got on board, and these are retired professionals, you know? Even her daughter <laughs> got on board, and we all came and collaborated. So we're a bunch of educators, nurses, HR professionals, and so we came together and we created this vision for this, not just the box, but for a whole movement, okay? It really is a movement because taking care of yourself, making sure that you operate in your best possible way, that becomes a revolution, okay? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the, other, the antithesis to that is you don't take care of yourself, so our population wanes, we don't thrive, all that kind of stuff. So we were very adamant about helping women achieve their best life. So I do a lot of research. I'm a very positive person. So I said, okay, the things that I want to offer women is a comprehensive package. I want to offer women something that they can journal in every single day, okay? I want to do the research, and I did, on what makes an optimal life. Mm -hmm. I came across the level 10 life, okay? I came across positive psychology. And I took all of these elements and I wrapped them up into the 12-part journal. We pair our journals monthly with a book that has been written by a woman of color. And so it kind of corresponds. Our first book that we chose by Karen Arrington. She is the lady that started the Black Miss USA, and it's your next level life. And that's what we're about. It's building the life that you need to have, not just that you want to have, but that you need to have. This company is for every woman, every woman of color, to find your niche, to find where you belong. Mm, that's different that. for everybody. Yes. That, oh my goodness. You covered so much. I am just to, 
piggyback on a few things, I do agree with you as people of color, we do focus on or have, right? Hopefully that tide mm -hmm. is changing, right? But have focused on surviving. But I like what you said, like we need to live and ultimately thrive, right? So that's mm -hmm. an excellent thing to cover. And then your why, like why is so important for me, right? And I love how your job had you guys think of a why, right? Because I think we need mm -hmm. a why for our personal lives, a mm -hmm. why for our business lives, you know, like mm -hmm. a why across the board, because sometimes things get too heavy, you know, or mm -hmm. you want to give up. But with that why, it keeps you going because it's beyond yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for that. Oh, my goodness. I love it. <laughs> In our journal, we have exercises that you define your why. There's so much that we do that's mundane, right? In education now, we're starting to even come up with algorithms that show us what we're doing for kids, if it's effective or not. And they use statistics and algorithms to determine these things. So I believe that people should do that in their own life. You have your algorithm, even if it's a written algorithm something that you can refer back to and update and tweak anytime that you need to, but it has to be written. And another thing that I am, and I'll tell you, I love the Lord. Okay. <laughs> so in a way that is true and authentic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything that I do is based on that word. And even in my journals, uh, the books that I choose, it is infused with the word. Mm -hmm. like. The Lord says, make a vision, write it, make it plain, make it okay? Plain. So I even have a vision board in here, a mini one that women can, <laughs> you know, because you need that vision. You need to be able to see it. You need to be able to go back to it. You need to be able to retweak it when it needs it. Yes, yes. And I totally, I'm a data person, right? I'm a, I'm a data Ooh. nerd, right? So I do <laughs> agree with collecting data right getting your baseline mm -hmm. right where are you yes. right now you need to know that. yes and then determining where you want to go and then yes. you made a key point take a step and look back you know take yes. a moment and look back how's your progress going you know and yes. determine what you need to kick up what you need to let go you know and yes. what have you so that is very very important. I love it. Self-reflection. Now I'll tell you, I've always been a self-reflector, but in education, it is paramount to you really uh, developing your craft. Okay. To be a self-reflector. So I've taken it to a whole nother level right? and really analyzing and really making a pivot, shifting quickly. And that's what we all need to do at this point. Yes. Okay. So tell us what you would consider to be one of your strengths and a weakness and what you do to get around that weakness. The strength that I have is adjoining people, hands down, right? I have a lot of strengths, but the one that I'm most proud of is being able to do that, mm -hmm. bringing people together and coming up with solutions. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, a weakness that I have, first of all, let me tell you, I think it's a strength to love people, right? But sometimes I love them so much that I think I enable them to not be as great as they could be, mm -hmm. to not move ahead. And I give them too many answers, right? I think I have a tendency to do that. But it's just out of my love for people, I want to care for them. So I'm kind of learning how to 
let people develop at their own pace mm. and me not giving them all of the answers. Okay. I'm learning how to do that because I mentor a lot of young ladies and even ladies my own age on how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Come up with solutions and then we'll talk about it. Do you have a plan, right? Instead of me saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And that's hard for me. It really yeah. is. I can relate to that totally, right? I want to, I am solution oriented, right? And I want to <laughs> fix, right? I'm a fixer, right? I want to mm -hmm. fix it all. But I like what mm -hmm. you said. So asking questions as opposed to giving answers, right? Because I'm right. like the gift too is in the discovery, right? So if yes. you take that discovery away for people, then they may not yes. appreciate, you know, the solution, right? If they can't go yes. through that process themselves. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Love it. Love it. All right. So <laughs> tell us about the last book that you listened to or read. Okay. So the last book that I read was called The Knowledge Gap. Okay. I read a lot of educational books, right? Because I draw correlations from, you know, what people say and I kind of put it together, create a new paradigm. Okay. Now, I'll tell you about this book. I was not very impressed mm. because the person who wrote this book has no clue what the inside of a classroom is truly like. And people who have opinions about things that they have no experience with probably should keep their opinions to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> because... Like I said, education is not for the faint of heart. And you have a lot of people out here that like to tell educators the best way to educate, right? And it's really sad because I'll give you an example of how sad it is. I told some of my teacher friends, I said, so this is one thing that I have learned from this distance education with, you know, everybody's in the whole country is doing this, right? Never, ever will I probably hear again. Well, you don't do nothing as a teacher <laughs> because people had to teach their own kids, right? So that was an awakening for them, right? And so the reason that I had to read the book was something our district was espousing. But sometimes people in leadership, sometimes they, you know, they don't know everything about what they kind of espouse and then they're like oh okay this is yeah maybe not because we do a lot of great things as educators but it's always other people trying to figure out the solutions of education instead of the educators so to tell a bunch of educators what you should be doing as an educator I just couldn't but I do read a lot of of other books too. And I have read okay. a lot of great educational books. Now that one, you know, and I mentioned that because there are people out here, and, and let me say this about education. Education is an equalizer, okay, period. It helps your mind create new neural pathways. Every new thing that you learn, your mind expands, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's the great equalizer. And so when you have people who are out here trying to end 
what we know as education and do all these other things with education, it is so sad because there's going to be groups of people left out of what we know works, right? They're not going to get what they need because you have big businesses involved in something that's not business. Now, when I first came into education, I was like, why do we do this? And why do we do that? Because, you know, I came from a business mindset. But what I had to learn how to do was marry the two. I'm an mm. educator and a businesswoman at the same time. But I understand that there are things that are exclusive to education that need to stay with educators, right? There are things that are exclusive to business that needs to stay in industry. And so I mentioned that book because it's very important and education is, is what I love, right? I will always be an educator. I don't care what else I do. I will always be an educator first. And to have other people tell educators what they're not doing, I think it's very sad. <laughs> you know, because people dedicate their lives to this. This is, like I said, this is not a job. This is something you dedicate your entire being to, right? But I feel strongly about that. It's like yeah. if you want to have a real conversation, spend some real time. You can't go to a couple of classrooms and make a judgment on what you think is happening, right? I agree. That's not going to help anybody. That's not a solution. I love what you said as far as, you know, like we get direction from people that aren't directly related, right? And I do agree that that's not the best practice, right? Like, um, like, and that, I can relate that and I think it goes beyond education as well. Like I think of work on the work level, right? It's like people try to solve problems for employees, but they don't help the employees for the solutions, which are the people that are directly, you know, doing the day to day. Like, don't they have the best solution? But because you have this title or you're in this position, you think you know better, you know, and you're not getting the right data to make the best decision. Totally, totally agree with you. That reminded me, it all goes back to what I do, empowerment. You empower those in those positions to make the decision and ultimately frame the solutions to any problem. But it's that lack of empowerment that we've gotten used to being dictated to, you know, kind of going along with the herd mentality, that sort of thing. But it's all, it goes all the way back to empowerment, being able to empower the people that are in whatever position, whatever industry, whatever role people are in, people need to be empowered. And that's the issue. Now, you know, we could talk about this all day because empowerment, if you empower people, what does that create, right? <laughs> it creates free thinkers, right? It creates, hey, something is wrong with this system, right? So hmm. there you go. <laughs> Hence the lack, right? Hence right. the lack. Exactly. But, um, I do agree. Yeah. <laughs> wow. As with Adrian, I also love teaching and would love to help you become a podcaster. Your voice has power and your message deserves to be shared with the world. Schedule your podcast launch consultation today by sending me an email 
at whenhersunited at gmail.com so we can get you started. All right. So tell us what you do to make sure that you're showing up to the best of your abilities. Like how do you practice self-care? So, and I'm going to be completely honest. A lot of times being a mom, being a career woman, being a teacher, doing all this business stuff, I sometimes put me on the back burner, right? I'll tell you, self-care for me, I watch silly TV shows <laughs> that I can <laughs> I know that's right. And that's how I defrag my mind. People are like, that is so shallow. I said, no, it's not. I need mm-hmm. my mind to come all the way down. And that's how yeah. I do it. <laughs> okay. So I've done that for years though. So people can, people say, Hey, you look really young, right? Or you have so much energy. And it's because I've defragged my mind. That's yes. exactly why. So I do walk. I walk with my husband, my son, my parents. We all walk, you know, and it's kind of a competition. And so we just have a good time. And mostly my self-care is laughter. Okay, like that's why I watch those shows. I have to have an opportunity to laugh every single day of my life. I find something, whether it's at work, at school, or at home, to laugh at every single day. And a lot of times it's myself. And that's okay too, right? <laughs> because it's a very healthy thing that I do. I like that. That's a different <laughs> perspective. I don't know if anyone ever referenced laughter as their self care, mm-hmm. but I do with you like I don't watch much TV so for me whenever people say self-care I do say watching TV Uh because it's not a thing for me so that's part of my self-care routine when Mm -hmm. I need to just time out I watch TV right but Mm -hmm. I do yes uh, finding funny shows like Mm -hmm. I don't like any sad or depressing Mm -hmm. shows you know I like action Mm -hmm. but I do a good comedy does the body So I do agree with you. Oh my goodness. I watch a lot of nonsense shows. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's switch it up a bit, get a little tougher, right? Okay. Let's talk about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you overcame. The toughest struggle that I had to overcome was probably even as positive as I am and the way that I love other people, the toughest struggle for me was forgiving myself Mm. when I wasn't perfect at something. And I say that because yes, I laugh all the time. I am cheerful all the time, but I used to be so hard on myself. Like, I would say something and then it may may or may not be the right thing to say, right? And I would ponder on it for days, like, why did you say that? Or they're going to think that you're dumb or, you know, or you're just, why did you do that? Or And I would be so hard on myself. Like, I'll give you an example. Smart girls become physicians, right? That's what they do. They become doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. That's what smart girls are supposed to do. And especially in families of color, you know, those are pretty much your choices, right? So I said, okay, well, I'm going to be a psychiatrist because I've always been into the mind stuff, right? And so got to school 
realized that I like partying a little bit more than, you know, studying. I mean, I still had a decent GPA, but it, it really wasn't good enough for medical school. I'm just going to be honest, right? And so I beat myself up so hard. And I'll tell people, my whole 20s, I probably spent depressed because of that. Because it was like, what do you do now? You're not a doctor. What are you going to do? You know, I finished in psychology. I'm like, what What are you going to do? You're not a doctor. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time depressed. It didn't look like it. Many people probably couldn't tell because, you know, I had this face all the time, right? But just being so hard on myself, being able to forgive myself. Now, I'll tell you when that did change. I was around 30 and I was still working for Shell because I stopped working for Shell at 32. And <laughs> Shell has this whole philosophy, okay? Now, this is a multi-billion dollar company, okay? Their philosophy is 80-20. Mm. 80% of it is good. We're sending it out. 20%, we just have to eat it, right? So over the years, <laughs> I've adopted this 80-20, okay? And that has really helped me not be so hard on myself. Now, I do have requirements, but I'm good. I got this 80-20 thing going on. It took me a long time to get here, but I'm so proud to be here. Yeah. So proud I'm that I'm not beating myself up like that. Yes. Yes, you know? yes. That, that's excellent <laughs> advice. That is a tough struggle. I have been there. Sometimes I find myself still there, right? <laughs> so I definitely understand. And I love that. Yeah, because it's not, first of all, perfection is a myth, right? Yes, absolutely so it is. You will ever be perfect, right? So you'll just stagnate yourself trying to get there. I love yes. that. All right. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you've changed as a result. Okay, so the aha moment that I have had lately is to live in the moment, okay? And the reason I say this, because of how my mind works, I'm always, okay, I got this task done, I'm always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But the reality of it is, it might not be a next thing, right? Mm. So much is happening out here, you have to, Learn to be still and okay and alive in this moment right here. And really, that just really happened for me during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing I discovered is I don't mind staying home. <laughs> you know? Because I think I'm kind of an extroverted introvert. You know? So as long as I can see people on the screen, I'm great with that. Okay, But really being in the moment. Like, I'll give you an example. My last book club meeting, my son needed me to do something, right? And it's like, come on, mom, come on, mom. I'm like, look, you see my book club going on right now? This is what I'm doing. I'll attend to that in a moment. But right now, this is what I'm doing, right? And so he's like, but that, that's a change for me. Because I would have gotten up and said, hey, guys, hold on for a second. No, no, this is what I'm doing in this moment. Now, when I'm finished with this moment, I'll attend to whatever it is I need to help you with, right? And so, yeah, but that has truly been my aha moment in this season right here. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
I don't know if that's a woman thing, if that's a woman of color thing, right? But everything mm-hmm. is not a fire drill, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> not going to end if you don't stop what you're doing and right. tend to something that probably isn't even as important, right? But right. it's been taught to just, uh, 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 yeah. you know, as exactly. opposed to just being. So that's an excellent, excellent point. All right. So do you have any recommended resources to share with us and tell us how you utilize it? It could be personal, professional. Okay. Well, one of the things that I've learned is that journal. I have come up with this. It's called mentor moments. Okay. So sometimes people need to be their own mentors. We always go looking for something external outside of ourselves to help us, right? Instead of looking right inside of here, because it is my firm belief, you came here, I mean, to the planet with everything you needed, right? The people that were placed in your life to guide you were just that, guides. But you came here with a certain set of skills for whatever your purpose is. It's just about that discovery from the inside out. Mm. So I created these mentor minutes and I can share them with you. So these are basically six things that you need to do every single day of your life to make your life the best that it could possibly be for you, not for anybody else, for you, okay? So mentor minutes. So in the morning, you get up, you meditate, right? Whatever it is you're meditating on, whatever your religious background, whatever it is, right? You meditate. That means simply you think deeply about something. Think deeply, ponder on something for a few minutes every single day, right? Some people call it affirmation. Some people call it really just meditating, really thinking of some type of word to meditate on. Some people meditate on the word of God. Whatever it is that you meditate on, meditate. Then you are going to exercise. Our bodies are the most efficient machines in this entire universe, okay? But they need certain things. Exercise does more for your mind, your endocrine system, than people understand. So you must dedicate some time to exercising outside of your normal routine. Like if you are a person that works all the time and you're running around all the time, guess what? You still need an extra amount of time to do something else because your body has gotten accustomed to that, right? Then what you're going to do, you're going to think, right? Every morning, you should come up with a new idea, something new every single morning. I don't care what it is. It could be just some random stuff. Just jot it down, write it down, whatever your new idea is, okay? Then you're going to read. I don't care what it is that you read. You're going to read something and you're going to reflect on it, okay? Those are things that you need to do every single day. They're called mentor moments for you to have that life that you really, really want. And whatever it is, whatever that means to you, because it means something different to everyone. I'm not here to say, you know, a lot of programs out here are saying, oh, you should do this and you should be this. I don't know what you need to be or what you should actually do. I know what works. Okay, so if you want to do something different, I can tell you what works. Now, you 
formulate that and you become whatever it is you want to become using these tools. So that's definitely one thing that I would recommend. That's one tool. Okay. Mentor moments. I love that. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, I agree with all of that. All right. So you mentioned personal affirmations. Do you use mm -hmm. them and have one that you want to share with us? Well, I don't really use personal affirmations, but let me tell you what I do use. I have a song and it's not always the same song, but it's usually something that pertains to what I need at that moment. Like, for instance, my parents used to go to this church and they made Psalm 61 a song. Mm -hmm. And I would sing that, you know, they, it was a really catchy tune. And when I'm feeling like I really am in need, I sing that. You know, uh, mostly I do listen to Christian music, Christian pop music, so contemporary Christian music. And man, it's written with, with the words, so I just love it. So that's mostly what I do, but I always have a song that I can go to and pull from. <laughs> I love that. So, because you know why I don't use affirmations? I was, you know, because I am an avid reader, I was reading something, and this made complete sense to me. Until you, from the inside out, right, start really espousing these things. For instance, if you use a affirmation and it says, oh, you're going to have a beautiful day. And your mind is not there yet. Your mind says, no, you're not. You're lying. Right? And, and that's serious. So <laughs> those are things that people really need to think about. Like my principal. She was like, hey, Pearson, have you read this new book? It's really, it's about selecting one word for your year, right? And I said, yeah, I used to do that when I was in my 20s. And it seemed like everything that was negative about that one word would come up against me. So I stopped picking a word, okay? Mm -hmm. But she was like, but you're not doing the process right. So maybe I'll go revisit that. Because I would, like one year, my word was faith. Everything to test my faith came up against me. Then one year... The next year, my word was peace. Everything to disrupt my peace came to, against me, and it seemed like it. So I said, I'm going to stop doing this word thing, right? Because it's not working for me. So, mm. <laughs> so like that's kind of why. Yeah. You pulled on a point, though, right? Because when you decide you're going to do something, you will be mm -hmm. tested to build a muscle, right? Like they say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be careful because your patience will be tested. Like I ask for patience. And I birthed the most rambunctious little boy that I ever met in my life, right? So if I haven't learned patience with dealing with him, you know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, even though it was adversity, that still may have been building your muscle in that area, right? So it's a, yes. it's a give and take, right? It may not come the way we want it to come, but right. that's that is not coming, right? Right, right. You're the second person I heard say that they don't like affirmations because it's more of an internal journey. And yeah. I'm like, oh, affirmation, affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. But I understand what you're saying because I, I do use affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. But I have done a lot of healing. So, okay. you know, if I hadn't done this healing, like, I don't know, you know, like affirmation right. work for me, but I have done the healing, right? So I can't say whether or not they don't work, you know, if I didn't try them. I wasn't even thinking about an affirmation when I was in that place, right? So, right. 
you know, yeah. I and you know, that's a, that's a good point because now I have done the healing. Can I go back and revisit just just that the affirmations now? And the thing that I talk about is from complete experience, right? I've done this, and and you know, it'll say I'll say my mind will say something like, "Oh, I'm having a great day." That's my aspiration, and. My mind is like, no, you're not. This person is going to get on your nerves. That person is going to happen. You know, this is going to happen. You got this deadline, you know? So it's like, oh my God, but I wasn't healed then, like you said, but the song did help me because anytime I thought about that stuff, I could just start that song, start that song. I like and that it. did help me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that alternate option, right? Because yes. music for me does, when my day's going crazy, I got to like work. I still work in corporate, so when work's getting on my nerves, I'm like, let me turn on this gospel music right now, right. you know, so I do, and I like that other alternative, right, because it's, right. it's a lot of different ways to get to the same goal, so maybe affirmations isn't your way, a song is, right, but it's mm -hmm. the same goal of being in the right mindset, you know, so you mm -hmm. can show up the way that you want to show up, right? Right. I love it. All right. <laughs> so, before I let you go... Do you have a favorite quote that you like to share with us? Yes. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. Maya Angelou. Yes. Yes. I love that. You know, I took that a step further, right? Okay. Because I knew better in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but I still wasn't doing better, right? Mm. So it made me look at that in a different way. And I said, when you know better, you have the opportunity to do better. To do better. I like that. Right? Because, I like that. you know, you got to put the action. Like, you have now you have the opportunity because you know better, but just knowing without action isn't going to make it happen, right? So, yeah. I love, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Right. I like that. So, that's my new one now. <laughs> when you know better, you have the opportunity to do better. Thank you. Uh -uh, by Nicole Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love that. All right. So let's ask, let me ask you some fun questions, right? I like to end okay. with a little bit of fun. Let's travel mentally. Okay. So tell us where you went for your last vacation. Tell us where your favorite vacation place is and tell us where you want to go on your next vacation. Hmm. Okay. I really don't go on a lot of vacations. I may go to San Antonio. That's a big vacation spot here in Texas. My favorite vacation place is Las Vegas. Now, I, I usually try to go there yearly, but I haven't been, of course, you know. I tell my kids all the time, if I would have experienced Vegas as a young woman, you guys probably wouldn't have been here because I probably wouldn't do something else. So Vegas definitely is my favorite. And where would I like to go? Now, I want to go to Africa. Now, my, my dad's family, and I'll tell you, they come from the island of Cape Verde. Cape Verde was like a port stop of the slave trade. Mm. So they would go there and gas up and get supplies. But what was happening is, I guess they were sleeping with um, the slaves they were transporting. So if you got pregnant, you could get to get off there in Cape Verde. So my, my dad's people are Portuguese and African, really. That's what they are. So that's what Cape Verdeans are. And for a long time, I was mad at them. And I'm going to be honest, right? Because it's like, well, Cape Verdeans do not consider themselves black. 
I would like to go there because that would be, for me, a huge healing point to be able to walk those grounds where my family came from and to see that. And I would love to go to Ghana. I have friends from Tanzania and Kenya. Of course, I would love to travel to those places as well. Now, I do watch a lot of, I watch this Nollywood. I'm very attached to it. Nollywood or Nigerian movies. You know, you can catch them on Netflix and Prime. And I love those movies. So recently I've been thinking, yeah, I could go to Nigeria and see what that's about. You know, they seem to, you know, have it, have a good time down there. All right. Well, Adrian, oh my goodness. I appreciate you. I learned so much. You have entertained me. Oh. Everything all in one. But before I let you go, do you want to tell mm -hmm. the listeners about more about your subscription box, where they can find mm -hmm. it, where they can find you, any other offers or anything you have for them? Okay. Yes. Log on to Sassy and Sassy is S-A-C-I. And it stands for Sophisticated Amazing Women of Color with Courage Who Inspire. Okay, so that's what sassy means. And sassyculture.net, because it's all about a culture and, and building ourselves up, building our generations up, building every woman of color. And it's for women of color, not just necessarily black women of color, but women of color who want to come together and support and really create this revolution because I believe the my tenet, my critical belief is this. If you educate women in a society, the society changes for the better, period. And so everything on sassyculture.net is geared toward that, that end, changing the hearts and the lives of women. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> And they, where can they find you on social media or anywhere? Oh, everything is Sassy Culture. Sassy okay. Culture. At Sassy Culture on Instagram. I have Facebook Sassy Culture, Pinterest Sassy Culture. Everything is Sassy Culture. All right. <laughs> I love it. Again, Adrian, thank you so much. We appreciate yes. you joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. It was so great talking to you. Yes. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to make your life better. If you're on Clubhouse, don't forget to follow us at When Hers United. I would love to see you in one of our future rooms and invite you on the stage so you can join in on the conversation. As always, be empowered and empower on.